This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friends and my sidekick is in the motherfucking building ready to work today look at him he has nothing in his hands no phone no water bottle he's just out here ready to get it popping what's popping sidekick i'll let it slide (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'll I'll, I'll lean into this one for you big guy you know you lost the tortue bit i'll i'll roll with it it's okay we can i'll be your sidekick You've always been my sidekick. You I'll would be, rather I'll, be the sidekick than... Oh, not even close. Than, than have the tortue of it. Not even close. Wow. It's like not even... Not even same spectrum. Yeah. Um, there are some responsibilities that come with being the head honcho, though. No, 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 no. There's responsibilities that come with the sidekick. No. The head honcho no. is the one that... This is the delegation that okay. delegates no, 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 the that, responsibilities. That's fine. That's fine. Well, no, listen, this conversation's over. I understand what goes on here. You just need to calm your ass down, all right, sidekick? Calm down, buddy. I'm, I'm, calm I'm, down. I'm very open to you delegating responsibilities. Uh, why don't you make a list? <laughs> Hold on. Let me copy and paste the one you sent me. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, okay. guys, it's, uh, it's Big Brother premiere day. What? Let's go. Who's excited? No one. Cricket. God, you literally guys. No one. It's literally the best show Cricket. on TV. The best show on TV. Rapo, queue up the crickets. Oh, <laughs> my God. You guys got to get into it. It's so good. We do have to get Guapo a soundboard. <laughs> that is true. Never thought about Maybe that. Maybe we make a... I think, I, think, I think if we get him a soundboard, we need one similar to like the emotes in the chat where... We give him all the custom sounds. That's true. You know, not just like a generic soundboard. I mean, yeah, he no. could Google one of those. That, that's I think if you whatever. really gave Big Brother a chance, if Come you on, like bro. binge watched it, you would you I would watched be, the Vanessa yeah. Russo you season. You didn't know you didn't. Yeah, I you did. watched you you started you watched like three episodes in the middle of the season. No. Yes. I watched her cry no. like a dozen read, times. Yeah, well, that, that, where is Vanessa that happened Russo a lot. by the way? She just I think she was, she was a good player, though. Uh she's married, has a family. I'll give you I'll give you a season to watch. She's a DJ now. I'll give you the a season. Of, watch season fourteen. Uh, no. Yes, it's 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 so good. You'll be hooked. You want to know? You'll have a shirt on next time, next I'm, summer. You'll, I'm you'll happy be wearing you're excited for Big Brother. You know what I'm excited for? What? The new Naked and Afraid season. E- they're on a stranded island. They got yeah. a. There's like twenty of them. They got to survive on a I raft. Like that. Yeah. You no, know what I'm, I'm excited I'm for? That. Hmm. Nobody cares about this bullshit. No, nah, man. They get afraid on a raft. No. The new <laughs> season of fucking Seats, Suits just dropped. What? I never got into suits. suits. You never watched Suits? No. no. You guys are all fucking useless. To be I fair, I don't watch, watch reality suits. TV. Yeah, to be fair, the reason why I like shows like <laughs> Naked and Afraid is because it's something that I'll put on in the background while I'm falling asleep. It's mm-hmm. so crazy how like all of us we watch all watch TV to a certain extent. We none of us watch the same shit. Yeah, At I was all. gonna yeah. say I, I watch a different naked show on YouTube that Melissa <laughs> that, uh, Melissa got me hooked on that we, European. We watched it on, oh on Christmas. Uh, what is it called? 
It, it's oh, that it's, was. It's a British show. It was literally Christmas. I look up and there's fucking dicks on the TV. I'm like, yeah. what is going on it's here? It's hilarious. It's so good. It, yeah, it's it's uh, man, what is the name of the it? The premise is you get to choose who you want to date by looking at their naked bodies. Yeah, yes. they start from they they start <laughs> from feet up, which yeah. is crazy. Mm-hmm. How does it not go from head down? No, nah. no, like, no, I can understand. Like the well, the, the lady no. on stage is just like immediately inundated with dicks. It's just like. <laughs> The first thing she sees are like six cocks, and then she has to eliminate one based off of their yeah. cock. Well, yeah. off their flaccid penis, you have to decide to get rid of one of them. From this point mm-hmm. forward, keep saying penis, by the way. Why? I don't know. It just seems so aggressive when you say cock. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very aggressive show. Yeah. Do you think Do you think it would be advantageous to get a little chubbed? Um, or do you think see, that would like skeeve her out? I understand production, and I, I know how long they're standing up there. Yeah. Like you would literally have to be like in front of all the production guys. I mean, just... you're already kind of in front of all the production guys. I mean, what do you just like flick it a couple times? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It just seems strange. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, maybe maybe once the the shield slides up the rest of the way, you don't got a whole lot working for you, and you want to be a little bit more. You could helicopter a little bit. All right, bit, so back right? to Big Brother. <laughs> Did you guys see the cast for Big Brother yet? Or? Were they helicopter? Helicopter, helicopter. Uh, no. No. How is this show still on? Show's 25, like, this is the 25th season. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything, though. They run like three a year. No, they do not. They, well, they don't one run a year. one a year. They run one a year. No way Big Brother's been on for 25 years. It's been, yes, it's been on since uh, 1999. Come on. Yes. The Simpsons haven't even. Yes. Yeah, they yeah, have. Yeah, Simpsons has been on, on since for the like 80s. 35 years. Yeah, um, yeah, no, yeah Big Brother's been on for yeah for almost 25 years. I mean, that's years. that's insane. So is Survivor, but yeah, Survivor right. for sure does more than one season a year. Does Survivor definitely does more. Survivor's on like season 40 watch or something. Big Brother here. <laughs> I'm just trying to start a poll. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. just gonna ask. Just yeah, ask. no, I'd actually want to know. <laughs> I, I would think it's. Um, I mean, maybe I will we'll probably get like 20 percent. 20, 30%. You know the, what? I'll the Poker World watched when Vanessa was on. Yeah. That's I think that's what got some she people into it. She was good too. She was, she was very she good. She was definitely good. She could have won. She did a couple things. Eh, but like I think overall she was a really really good player. What are the cliff notes? Why was she crying so much? Uh, I think it's part of her, I think it was, yeah, it's part of her strategy. It's part of her strategy to to get sympathy and um uh, she went the live Bury route. Live Bury? So Liv Marie, I saw that she got heads up in some game show where she like basically convinced this guy that she was going to split the money with oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Split or steal. Split or steal, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a prisoner dilemma game. Mm-hmm. And she understood yeah. the prisoner dilemma better than that guy. Right. She <laughs> yeah. definitely wow. did. Yeah. It was really? Ass. Pretty yeah. Yeah, she this is fucking ass. great. <laughs> yeah. I-, I love seeing poker players put into these kind of like games because you you can like they usually excel because they're just they you have know that. kmart won the canadian version can it, kmart well, yeah great right kmart won the uh canada one I, I, i've never seen that i want to watch that, it that doesn't really count though yeah of course it counts nah, it's, it's canada it's yeah, like one tenth of the united states version i mean nothing counts in canada i mean yeah, I don't no. know. I mean, I, I, I assume the competition is just as just as well, good. with the conversion rate, you know, it's yeah. it's like I, getting fourth place here. Guess you got shit all over Kmart's uh, win, huh? Damn. Well, there's a conversion rate. Yeah. You know, it's like fourth place mm-hmm. in America. Right. It's like the best baseball player in Europe is not going to be the best baseball player in. Yeah, but play the best baseball play, in Europe. The best <laughs> the best baseball player in Japan, however, will go. be the best baseball player <laughs> everywhere. Yes, yes, and his name is Shohei Otani. It is. He didn't get moved. Animal. No, no, he didn't. I didn't think they. Well, would. they also they picked up a bunch. They got C.J. Cron. They got Randall Gertz. I saw they made some yeah. moves. They got uh, 
They got a couple players from. But they're dead in that division. Yeah. Ver, right. well, Verlander's back. Verlander's with the, back uh, with the Astros, Astros and sure or. With, uh, well, well it, the Rangers got uh, Austin Hedges, so they're 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 going to be no the Rangers right in it. But the Rangers, Rangers got either was it Scherzer or um, Rangers got Scherzer, Rangers got Syndergaard, they got, they got Scherzer. Scherzer. and they okay. got Austin Hedges. I don't know who that is. <laughs> He's <laughs> He's, an idiot. He was the starting catcher for the Pirates the entire season. That doesn't make me an idiot. Yeah, that makes, <laughs> that makes, yeah it makes you not a Pirate fan, but that's fine. Um, yeah, and you know he was awful, absolutely awful. Bro, no. name me name me the Pirates. First of all, I'll do. I'll. I'll. Well, I won't say I'll outperform you in this, but I'll do just as well as you in this trivia. But name me the pirate catchers dating back to Mike Lavalier. Mike Lavalier. God. All right. Good. Well, good thing well, that this conversation is over. About her, her <laughs> right. But I mean, I'm I can name saying. a lot of them. Don Slot. <laughs> Sluggo. Uh, Cervelli. Um, Russell Martin. Jason Kendall. Okay, he got Kendall. Um. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah, it's tough. So the Angels are only five and a half games back, but... But that division's hard. They have Texas and Houston ahead of them. Who both just made big... So, yeah. Some big trades, big but trades. also... But I think the Angels are going for a wild card, more likely, right? Um, the Angels, I don't think with the East, right? Isn't the East just stacked? Uh, the Yankees are, are I guess not they have, doing great. Yeah, that's true. We're three and a half games behind. Where? Back in the wild Where? Card. Yeah, he's a Yankee fan. I don't care. I, I mean, he's a Yankee about? slash Reds fan. Oh, I'm <laughs> obviously a Reds fan nowadays. Uh, the Angels are three games back in, in the, the wild card. card. Yeah, I think they have a chance, man. Um, especially a, since, uh, what's his name, hasn't been playing. They've they been playing good. Well, Trout's out for the season, right? Uh, is it the season? I thought so. Oh, okay. If he's, out, if he's out for the season, I, I thought he was coming back. I, I thought know. he was coming back, too. But Wait, what's his injury? I thought he broke his arm or some shit. Um, one second. I guess if he broke his arm, he could come back. That's more likely than like a torn leg. Yeah, if you break your arm, you, if you break a wrist, mm, depends on what kind of you, bone you've it is. You've never been the same. No, I really haven't. <laughs> I really, really haven't. Shattered your major league it's, career dreams. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Who? Oh, my God. This just reminded me of something. Someone. Oh, I know who it is. I, I won't call him out because that would be mean, <laughs> uh, especially because I heard it secondhandedly. But someone told me when we were playing at Bellagio the other day, they were like, uh, yeah, so-and-so told me that he thought he could have been a major league player and just chose not to. And I'm like, could Ooh. you imagine? Is this but a famous poker not player? To. Yeah. Cash guy, tournament guy? Uh, both. <laughs> it doesn't, you're not going to guess. You'll, yeah. you'll literally never guess. But like, imagine the gumption. In believing that you had what it takes to play in the MLB. Ah, it was Torelli. No. <laughs> Imagine you I had mean, the- I know Eric Baldwin was good, but he's not. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like, Baldwin actually was good was and good, knows yeah. that he couldn't no, play. Wait, Baldy? Yeah. He's very yeah. good. He uh, won a D3 championship. That's why they call him Baseballdy, huh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I just figured it out. Yes. There's a, there's a, there's a handful of us that have... College baseball experience. Where, Shannon Shore played college ball. They were good, right? Uh, Un- yeah. Unlike I, I'm third all time in strikeouts in my college. What? I was a pitcher, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> in case that wasn't obvious. <laughs> Glad you clarified. Oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> You're lucky you hopped on that before I did. <laughs> I saw the look in your eyes. I was like, oh baby, I don't know uh, what to say. It's so good. <laughs> I also may or may not have been third all time in blocks. <laughs> yeah, as um, a pitcher. So on you're, the, you're a polarizing kind of guy. <laughs> I was a three-two kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so on May 18th, they said he would be out for six to eight weeks. 
But uh, it looks like on July 28th, they said he has a uh, back spasms that he's going to be dealing with the, for the rest of his career. So I'm not sure what rest of his with. career. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> guys, guys, guys supposed to be back by the chronic, all-star break. And then chronic back like, spasms. What are you going to do? How's that big brother poll going? Oh, shit. Not well. It's not, I don't think it's looking good. <laughs> not uh, looking good. 5%? You're doing real good over 13%. here on the ladder. 13%? Exactly how we thought it would be. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. To the audience of the Only Friends podcast, do yourself a favor. Start watching Big Brother. All right. So, uh, jokes aside, uh, I had this idea, and I've, I have I pitched it. And I'm, I'm hesitant to say it on air, but I don't care. I don't need the credit. I just want to see it actually happen. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that... With all these new stream games that are popping up, it makes a lot of sense if you want to separate yourself from the field to become more of a reality-esque type TV show. But basically what I'm getting at is, in my opinion, my humble opinion, I think stream houses generally <coughs> lack vision, right? When it comes to like the big picture product that they're trying to put out. Uh, I, I'll say that I, as much guff as I give Hustler for um, you know their setup and the security and stuff like that, I get it when it comes. To I this think stuff. Ryan yeah. had a vision and he executed on it, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why they're as popular as they are. And I think they've done they've a good created job. Created characters, yeah. I think you can take it much, much, much further. And if I were a stream house like Bally's Big Bet or uh, any one of these Texas card house rooms that are trying to pop up a stream, I would consider the following. Uh, less applicable to Poker Go because they're kind of like made for TV, just pop up games. Like they already have no game with no future high stakes poker. They don't really need to go the route of like what I'm saying. And they but, also have big names and that draw. Right, right, so right. It doesn't right. matter. Right. They're already kind of like their own subsection of reality TV. Yeah. You, you're talking about people that are unknown almost. Yeah. But when what I'm saying is like when you're consistently streaming three to five days a week, every single week, you need something to, to grab people and retain them for the long term right because why why would i tune in every single thursday if it's not building towards something right, right. so i pitched this con- idea a climax a conclusion yeah, i pitched this idea and i actually think it's a really good one and it's to have one day a week that is a survivor game i've so, been saying this forever go so you start with uh, a pool of players so let's call it i don't know 15 people or something along those lines right uh or maybe it's only even nine. I'm not really sure. I haven't fully fleshed out the logistics. And I, to be fair, I don't really understand Survivor all that well. I've maybe watched two seasons. But okay. I get the basic template. Mm-hmm. So you start with a pool of players. Let's call it nine for the sake it's of simplicity. It's similar to Big Brother, how, yeah. how the structure works out well. Yeah. Voting people off. Um, and then every hour you have... Or sorry, every show rather, you have uh, a challenge and then the idol ceremony which is the template of, of Survivor, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a, a, a challenge for immunity and then an idol ceremony. Now, I think the way that you want to bring the viewers in... The, the, I don't think idol ceremony is the uh, correct term, but yeah, I get whatever, what you're saying. Whatever, I get what you're saying. Where yeah. they go to the idol or... It's the... Um, it's the, tor- or the yeah, the um, torch thing. Whatever, I thought yeah. It was, yeah, I thought it was... Uh, I don't know, maybe not. Anyway, whatever, you, you have the vote off mm-hmm. right. thing, right? So uh, I, I think the way that you can do it is... You can bring the audience in as well, where you start each show with the vote, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the audience has the opportunity to provide immunity to someone between the weeks, I right? I like that. So uh, you can create 
very easy immunity challenges within the structure of the game. Whether it's something as simple as VPIP or something... Seven deuce. Yeah, you can create a, a, a bounty hand mm -hmm. that if you win with it, it's, it's immunity. Like, there are a million different sub-games that you can create, and I think that that's actually the most interesting aspect of it. Yeah. Finding derivatives of the game that we're accustomed to playing mm -hmm. and working it in for, like, 30 minutes or something it's like that. It's just basically As all the sub-games that are in, like, Bellagio. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them, right? Yeah. You can play, like, Win the Button. You can play, like, all of them. Uh, Double War Bomb Pots for a half hour. Whatever it is. And eventually, like, you just have a winner. Right? You would have challenges as well, though, right? That, that's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what these would be. Okay. Right? So you have, you have like, 30 minutes every show that is the challenge section of the show. I would like the challenges to, uh, as much as possible, not be based off of luck. So, like, uh, like, like a a certain hand you win with, it's like kind of based on luck. You got to be down it. You got to win with it. Like, but like V Pip is not right. right? You can V Pip, <laughs> right? That there's no luck there. So, like, I, I well, I think, you want there to be a control element, but you still want there to be variance. Yeah, yeah, I guess some variance. But like, if it's gonna be a challenge, then I want it to be. An actual challenge, I not, fucking just, not just this. luck your way into to winning the challenge. Right. So, like, say you do a half an hour of double war bomb pots, and whoever wins uh, the the most number of double war bomb pots, instead, mm -hmm. or, or rather than like cumulative total of dollars, because yeah. you know you win the big one, then uh, you just then win, it, yeah. then you just win it, right? right? But like, maybe it's the cumulative total, whatever. There's a million different ways that you can mm -hmm. structure the challenges. There's just like a lot of sub games that you can work into uh, your normal game. So that 30 minutes is basically played for immunity and dollars. Of course, you're, you're still playing for dollars, uh, but you're playing for your immunity, right? So now someone comes out of that and they know for a fact that they won't be voted off because they, they have immunity or perhaps they can, um, you know, leverage the immunity and, or exchange the immunity for, for something else with another player in the game. Like you could create other sub strategies in mm -hmm. that regard as well. Because you know that the audience is going to um, also provide immunity to one person between the weeks. And then you start the next show with somebody being voted off. Maybe the big winner should be exempt. Somebody just put that in chat. I don't think that's a bad idea. The biggest <laughs> winner of the game can just be exempt from being Well, you don't off. want to give immunity to too many people. Uh, maybe you could. I guess you could. I, I guess it doesn't really matter. Because you're trying to create action on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, this is genius. I just want to let you know every yeah. cash game I've ever played, I've always like suggested if I'm there for a while, why don't we just play Survivor and just kick somebody off the fucking table every hour? Right. So <laughs> it's, it's like so great. Mm -hmm. So here's the other thing. Like, say you start with a nine player pool. Now it's a nine week challenge, right? So so you know that the show is going to run for nine weeks and play down to like a heads up. Yeah, you match. get different yeah. formats. So now right. you have a nine handed game week one, eight handed week two, all the way down to heads up. Yeah, and then they could even <laughs> like, and it could also like. Alongside uh, the cash game that you're playing, they eat, everyone puts in a buy-in, right? And then something like, would have right? to be and played like, for, yeah, yeah, right. And like and like winner take all, or maybe like the top two get get uh, you know the prize. So something would certainly have to be played right. for to incentivize so the, like the three-handed play, into, the heads-up play, and yeah. stuff like that. Can yeah. we produce this downstairs? I was about. This is fucking. I, about to say I love yeah. every moment of this. Like this is like this is great. I, mean, I love games could. and like the inner. So I, I just think that this is the direction that that streamed cash games need to go if they're gonna operate with the volume that they currently are. Because okay. like right now we have available to us somewhere in the neighborhood of what I would guess to be 500 episodes a year 
of streamed cash games. Ooh, yeah. it and it might be more. more. It might definitely be more. more than that. It might be more. So uh, I'm not sure how often the Lodge runs. Four days a week. Okay, so Lodge runs four days a week. Hustler, on average, probably runs like four and a half days a week. Yeah. So Lodge, you're looking that's 400 at like right there. More. Over 400. Now, no, let's not forget more, right? 19 fucking Texas places. Well, uh, four a week is 200. 52 times four. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a little, yeah, it's over 400 a week. Or sorry, over 400 a year between just those two stream houses. Mm-hmm. Then you have another three to five Texas streams. You have big, uh, Bally's Big Bet. Um, you know, Bally's Commerce is going to be coming out again. Poker Night in America. And then you have the additional 50 to 100 streams that uh, Poker Go does. Right. Granted, those aren't live streams, but uh, maybe a separate subcategory. Anyway, my whole point is like, we have somewhere in the neighborhood of like 500 games to watch. And that's not even including like the highly produced stuff like Triton and Poker Go, mm-hmm. which might be another like 150. So it's like nothing is really uh, demonstrating any separation in the marketplace. And what ends up happening is uh, there's no monopoly because every, the, the viewership's divided, but there will eventually be a winner. And these other smaller streams will either have to give up or adjust. And it's like the way to win, in my opinion, is to constantly innovate, right? So it's like if you can become some, I, I don't know, like some, something in between a game show and a reality show, something where there's a hook, right? Like there's a clear hook with this. Same thing with Poker Out Loud. Like Poker Out Loud would be great for... Um, a format like this the difficulty is that you can't really do it uh without like some level of trust right right yeah i mean you could but like to produce it would be very expensive to to make it like bulletproof where the the players in game couldn't gain any sort of edge and even still then there's probably like an element of oversight necessary Mm -hmm. uh to ensure that everything's on the up and up but like innovating in this space, I think is so necessary at this point because it's just going to get drab. You can't rely on the three basics that we've talked about ad nauseum. You can't just rely on players, table talk, and commentators. Mm-hmm. Like that's just at some point we've seen it all, right? And and that's kind of what happened with ESPN in the World Series. At some point, they were just like, "Look, we've packaged this for 15 years. We've done it all, and the viewership is dropping. Yeah, we we just can't do this any longer." Mm-hmm. Remember I said I was looking for a project? Sure. I think this is it. This it? I think I'm going to flesh this out somehow, some way, in the next couple of weeks. I already, there could be a prize at the end of it. And I think we have something here. Well, what, what do we have? We don't, I think we have we a don't run show. a live stream. <laughs> we don't need to. We can just run a TV show almost. For what? Like What's ma- the distribution? Where, where do we get anything out of this? We'll figure that out. No, we won't. That's the thing. You just can't, you can't get anything out of it? No. I, I mean, if I could get something out of it, I would sell Poker Out Loud to somebody to distribute. But, like, who are the distributors? It's exactly Poker Go. Poker Go. Netflix. No. <laughs> Hulu. It's not. No. They, they don't want anything to do with this shit. Uh, so it's like Poker Go and then, like, OTT channels. Yeah. Which is where, like, Poker Night in America and Bally's Big Bet mm-hmm. are, are largely broadcast. And then I guess, like, maybe CBS Sports. But it's all buried, you know? Like, there's no money in it. Yeah. It's not like you could ever get a big deal out of CBS Sports to produce this type of show. It's so good. The funny Such part a is, good idea. And also, like the other thing is, all we would do is prove the concept, mm-hmm. and then somebody that already has an established relationship with with these uh, outlets or whatever, like 
you know, Poker Night in America or Poker Go or Bally's Big Bet. They would just they would just take it and just do it themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's <laughs> that that's the irony is that they could just uh, any one of them could just do this anyway. But like none of them are choosing to innovate in any capacity. Yeah. They're just you know fire up the stream, get nine players, run it. Pray. <laughs> Pray they all show up. <laughs> try, to, try to get a 30-second clip out of it that goes viral and then hope that more people show up the following week. Yeah. It's like there, there's something to, you know, we know the formula. There is something to bringing in characters, having them be mainstays, developing those relationships, and putting on an entertaining game of poker, but it's so level one, mm-hmm. right? Like we're not in the Guy Bear or Guy Liberté uh, high-stakes poker landscape any longer like that was so novel back then right. nobody watched gambling mm-hmm. nobody had seen high stakes gambling before but like we have now a lot of it a lot <laughs> and you know it gets it gets a little old and the crazy thing is like when you think about the comparisons like road rules um the challenge or whatever uh something like big brother survivor these shows have been on for fucking decades yeah they don't change that much no <clears throat> but they innovate a little bit along the way. Yeah, always. yeah. They 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 always like do something a little bit more, kind of keep it fresh. To keep, they switch up a little things. The twist is always different, you know. But like, it's a formula that works. So they just keep repeating it. People keep coming back. I like. I'm keep coming back. I can't wait. Right. Like so. Yeah. It it uh. I mean, if they could, I mean, they could uh, figure out a way to do this, and then it took off. I mean, who knows where... How, I mean, it would definitely bring new people in, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, whether it brings new people in or not, like, I, I think that at some point, my whole point of this is that you need a retention product. Mm-hmm. You just running a stream every Thursday is not the key to retention. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I think another, another area where a lot of this could be tested, so to speak, or maybe let's just talk about or let me reframe it and say uh, another part of the industry that needs uh, a desperate new set of eyes on it is streaming. Uh, Live streamers have just gotten kind of, you know, I don't want to say complacent, but like they're very cookie cutter carbon copies of one another. There just isn't all that much that separates everybody below Lex. It's like Lex <laughs> and then like everybody yeah. else, right? And if you look at Lex, he is trying to innovate. Like what he's doing with his YouTube channel, I haven't been paying that close of attention to, but I know whenever he announced it, like I was really excited for all the plans that he had at work. He literally had like a, a production schedule lined mm-hmm. up. Like, okay, uh, Tuesday through Sunday, these are going to be my hours. Uh, these three days of the week are, are reserved for pre-recorded videos uh, this day of the week is reserved for training. These days of the week are reserved for my live streams. I have a whole new studio. And like, you know, it, it's following like a true YouTuber's template. Like when you look at other channels outside of this industry, uh, you know, I follow like a lot of weird stuff, like engineers that create stuff. I just watched the coolest video where uh, <laughs> this engineer created a uh, a rotary machine that held two baseball bats on it. And it was able to get them up to 200 miles an hour to see if they could hit the furthest home run ever. 
That's amazing. Uh, the end result was they hit a ball 700 feet. What? It was sick. Oh my god. It was Myth, actually sick. A baseball, to watch. an actual yeah. baseball. Yeah, yeah, Mythbusters. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah Mythbusters. Myth, Myth, they sent a awesome. bowling ball so damn far it went through someone's house and almost killed. Oh, them. I remember that what? in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, like that was like their wrong. Their math was off. That was and, their one like yeah. black eye. Uh, they shot a, a bowling ball out of a cannon, and it ended up in like somebody's living room. Yeah, it ended up going like five or six times farther than it, they had yeah, calculated, really? and yeah. it went through someone's house. Got to carry the one. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, man. That, that is me to the fullest. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about streams, let's get a little bit into uh, some of the the poker that's that's going on right now. Uh, first is today's final table with the Venom. Yes. And speaking is. of streamers, I do believe Ape Styles will be. Is I know he streamed up until this point. Will we, yeah, yeah. He he's streaming stream. the final table. I think he is. I mean, I would he, imagine streamed, so, right? he streamed up to this point. It seems like it'd be silly not to stream the final table as well. Yeah, you know what are they playing for? Cool mill. One point five seven. Wow, and that's with an overlay. That is with an overlay of seven or six sixty four with the rake. Jeez. Wait, six hundred thousand overlay? Yeah, it's like six hundred. I think six sixty four with the rake. It was overlaid. Holy shit! Yeah, maybe I should have played. No, <laughs> you should have played. Pretty absurd. Uh, there's a couple of people at the final table. Um, Abe Styles, uh, Brandon Lulove, Love, I believe, is the kid that you got um, heads up with in Florida. Okay, in the five k. Yep, and no, it was the thirty k. Nope. It was, it was <laughs> oh, it was a five k. Oh, sorry, I remember you telling me it was you were. I, it was a 30k for me. Oh, okay. I just <laughs> wanted to clarify that. Hey, oh. that was a testament to resilience. You know what? I take back everything I said yesterday. If you're resilient <laughs> and you just keep showing That's up, right. God damn it, good things will the happen. Hustle, baby, the grind. That, right. that was Emma. That was all Emma. That was Emma. <laughs> and that was that nothing to do she, with you. She patted me on the back, consoled me, and said, "Give it one more try." Did you turn a profit in that tournament? Yeah, just barely. <laughs> Anyway, Brandon Love, Lulove, or I think that's his name, has like 235 big blinds. He Seems like a lot. Absolutely cruising. Uh, Hooney's coming in third. Let's see. And I believe Michael Perone is one of young hoodie. But I don't know anybody else there. Didn't Amo go deep in this? He did. He got, um, I want to say like top 20, somewhere in the top 20. Oh, top 20 is good. That's yeah. pretty good. Six-figure no. payday? Oh, no, 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 no six figure till I want to say 11th. Okay. Yeah. That's still pretty good. 11th place pays six figures. It's... The sales structure seems like it's pretty good. So 1.5 million for the winner. Yep. 600,000 overlay? What was yeah. it guaranteed? 10? 10 million, yes. Jesus. It's how what? rich is fucking Nagy, man? <laughs> <laughs> not not as much anymore. I don't know. Uh, what do you mean? 600k <laughs> might just be a drop in the bucket. Uh, he's 600k less rich than he was. I think he's just Nagy's just the richest baby. Mm. He, he might, might be. He might just be, you know. We don't know, but he might just be, man. He's yeah. he's got fucking 90 horses in, in Triton right now. Bro, it's never been a good. It's never been a better time to be an ACR pro than right fucking now. Yo, these motherfuckers they're are like competitions for 100k packages. Yeah, they're they're just like they're out there like getting put into events that they're drawing dead in and cashing. That's that's Wait, all. That's the goal. I thought Nacho was an ACR guy. Nachito. Yeah, uh, Nacho's doing yeah. all right. Yeah, uh, I would probably say Nacho cancels out moneymaker. I would probably say Nacho's getting smashed. No, um, no, Nacho's actually been doing no, pretty he's had well a good in these year. tournaments. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure recently Nata has been getting smashed after the previous we'll try in. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, he made a final table yesterday. Yeah, I think. I think he final table to sixty k. Yeah, he won say. the one in Vietnam. Did he win one? Uh, he won a bunch. Yeah, he's having a very good year. Yeah, he got third in the PCA or second in the PCA. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, like one point five. Yep. Um. Yeah, he's he's won multiple events. He might not be up a pile because his buy-ins are fucking outrageous. Yeah, as I say, that's what I was thinking. He's also like, probably free rolling most of the buy-ins per his contract. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, he's his buy-ins are pretty big, and I don't think he did anything during WSOP, and that's that happens. You're, you're allowed to brick for forty-five days. It's oh, okay. I know. Trust me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I tell myself every day. It wasn't the it's 60k. Kuhn won the 60k. I don't think he won it. I think he final table. No, I, I don't. Oh. I don't think he was at that one. Okay. Maybe he was though. But uh, that that was Dan Smith, Saliba, Kuhn, oh, yeah. You're right. Matias, um, Rodrigo, Ivy, the goat. God, man, you saw the hand, the diaper. <laughs> oh. Listen, he's really neat. Shout out to Rigsby. He's got fucking Ivy fucking people with the diaper out there. I think Rigsby's might be coaching Ivy. Maybe that's what's happening. He put my man Leon in the fucking blind. In the bag. Bottom of range. Likes to pop it. Oh, this is just exactly what Sturm had in mind. And he certainly could continue to slow play this one, Maria. Ivy definitely understands there's going to be some traps here as played. Not so much board coverage on this texture from Sturm, who comes with the lead. It's just so tricky. But of course, Ivy with a piece. Will flat. Pot grows to 590. Now a heart on the turn. Sturm's got that all covered. Checking over to Ivy. This is slippery. You look at SPR. It's Less than half. Oh. oh my gosh. And this is less than optimal as the most innocent looking of river cards, the wow. Deuce of Spades, comes on the back end of a check back from Phil Ivy. Slow play disaster. Sturm leaving himself with one chip. And you see that wry smile. Oh. Yeah, he recognizes that in all likelihood, that snap jam from Ivy spells disaster for the pocket aces. I got to tell you, man. <laughs> that hand is above my pay grade. <laughs> the biggest bet in, throughout that whole hand was preflop. Correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so to, for anybody who may have not caught everything that was going on there, they started the hand six and a half big blinds effective. Leon. Oh, deep. Deep. Deep as fuck. <laughs> Leon limps the aces, which... I assume is pretty fucking good. Yes. Uh, can't, can't really mess up the aces. And Ivy elects to go nearly 3x with the three deuce when they're six and a half big blinds effective. Wait, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. not questioning the goat here. Go well, on. Leon was big blind, right? No. No. Oh. I, that's what I thought too when we when we when we were talking about it earlier pre-production, and no. then I just realized when I was watching it. He now limped. That, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, Ivy was big blind. Yeah. So, you know, look, in these spots, you have to find a little bit of trash to try to, you know, steal the pot with. And usually you want to go 
with a high low candidate but maybe that's not true when you're only six and a half blinds effective because like you know if you have king deuce you might just have to fucking call it off because you know king guy's good and you're probably just like either jamming or checking those types of hands i'm not studied in this spot maybe it's fucking incredibly good i'm not sure i just know that it feels a little bad putting in like 40 percent of the effective stacks pre with three high but when you have the power of the diaper mm, the and diaper. you're the goat yes. on top of it mm -hmm. good things happen yep a goat in a diaper okay a for goat your, in the for, diaper for your visuals for your visuals uh so <laughs> so he makes it 215 uh at 80k big blind leon calls flop is jack high with a three no no sorry uh nine high with a three maybe i don't know whatever uh seven seven seven, seven high with a flat okay yeah. with a three he makes a three uh <laughs> and leon leads one big blind which is pretty good hmm? this is probably gonna go check check a lot otherwise hmm? turns the jack of hearts he has the ace of hearts he has nothing to fucking worry about <laughs> unbelievable of course so he checks ivy checks back river an innocuous deuce of spades <laughs> can't fathom how that one bothers us and he rips it uh, only to be shown the bad news that Ivy's been splashing in the in the Pittsburgh streets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he heard about the power of the diaper. Yep. I, I actually am really curious about this spot. Uh, I kind of wish Landon was here because I'm sure he's studied six and a half big blind strategies more than I have, <laughs> which is zero. Uh, so I don't want to comment on whether it was good or not, but it uh, it's it's a very very interesting hand to That's say the least. Sure. This, uh, a similar spot to this happened to me at the first online WSOP final table I made back in COVID. It folded, I was, I was like chip leading one of five, uh, and it folded to the small blind who was like maybe three of five and limped off of like 20. And I ISOed with, I want to say four, three suited, okay. which in hindsight was not good. Um, like you want to do it with some trash, but not probably not that hand. Uh, he calls and it comes like ace three four, and I just get fucked by aces. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. he plays in well. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun stuff coming out of Triton. I think we get to see so much of this three street play with these smaller stacks. These it's, guys are so wild. fucking studied and it good. Really you know, is. Everybody's like, so good. They understand what to do with small just, stacks. And when you're not that good, you... Bro, when I was coming up yeah. in MTTs, like 20 big blinds was just... Oh, you're like, in <laughs> yeah. these that's, guys, a one, just, that's a one street stack. They just refuse to put their chips <laughs> in the middle, like free. Yeah. Or like on the flop or on a turn. <laughs> like they find ways to it, just play these hands all the way out it's it really a is a lot smaller bet sizing throughout the whole yeah hands. it is it is it's, everything's a min raise everything's a it's very a, much a, a deep understanding of a quarter percent yeah it's very much a deep understanding of spr and how mm -hmm. polarization exactly. works around yeah. it mm -hmm. um but it does kind of carry us into the conversation with coon as far as now that he's won his eighth triton title not that eight or seven makes any difference i mean mm -hmm. he's just piling them up at this point he's the phil mm -hmm. helmuth of the triton he is uh is he potentially the best high stakes poker player in the world? Currently, it's, it's looking that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's who's stopping him? Well, so I think that there's a, I, I think that there's a debate. Chidwick is up there for a handful of other guys that are in the <laughs> in the top ten yeah. money list. Mm -hmm. You know, guys like I, guys like Chidwick. Yeah, they immediately come to mind. Yeah, I uh, mean that. 
Yeah, you're right. Like it's it's hard to say, right? Because it's such a small sample size, and it's like like the ones you mentioned, Ike and Chidwick, and and a handful of other ones might just be just as good, but he's maybe just you know on the better side of variance at the moment. It's well, it's our industry is a little bit weird. Hard, to, yeah. In the sense that there are no real hard metrics other than dollars won, right? And if you go by dollars won, then it's just he's, Bonomo. Yeah, it's just Bonomo. Well, like that's it. There's well, no yeah. there's no conversation, mm-hmm. right? But we don't go by dollars won. We go by all of these other metrics that that kind of come into play. And I think that they're fair to consider, right? Because survivorship bias is a thing in this industry. Variance is wholeheartedly a thing. So we don't know like how many how many of these dollars won are above EV or not. But we look at things like uh like staying power and the ability to play like multiple formats, multiple game types, things like that. And the irony is that we we keep landing back at like the Ivies of the world, mm-hmm. uh, and you know to some degree maybe Negranu and Halmuth, right? And that's not to to undercut the previous list of Ike and Bonomo and Kuhn, because the fact of the matter is, from a technical standpoint, those guys are far and away better. There's just no debate. At the end of the day, if you put Jason against Ivy and you measure them strictly on the decisions that they make at every single point of the game tree, Jason's EV, my, in my, if, if I had to guess, would be slightly higher. I wonder how Jason would have played that three deuce. Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> right? Uh, but but I, I just assume, like, if we were to put, if we were able to, like, magically upload every hand that they've played into, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah. Wizard or something that can measure EV, I, I imagine Jason's decisions would be slightly higher EV uh, than, than Ivy's, let's call it, over the past five years. Yeah. But you have to look at the whole career, right? And that's, that's kind of the thing. No one's going to be able to... Re- like, somebody will get more technically sound than Jason somewhere along the lines because he'll just not care. Like, at some point, he's going to get too old to care or Maybe. too busy to care too uh-huh. rich too rich to care like it he has a like family he <laughs> I, I know but like when you hear him in interviews and stuff it seems like he's just as hungry as ever and he just is but wants to just continue to but it's the nature of be it, the best it's the nature of evolution of any game right like you could say the same thing about otani or trout or whoever right. in baseball okay, at some yeah. point right at, at some point at some right. point you just rest on your laurels right you know, and somebody mm-hmm. younger and hungrier and more desperate to get to where you actually are mm-hmm. is going to try to chase you down. And the thing is, is like at some point, just due to the nature of how the game is evolving and how technology is evolving and everything else, some young kid that we don't know about right now is going to become more technically sound than Jason Kuhn and potentially be a, a stronger MTT player than Jason. Landon. But he may never get the shot. Like that's that's kind of the the bigger picture scope of the whole thing, right? Is that nobody's going to have Jason's path again, right? Starting pre Black Friday, where we had no fucking idea what we were doing, mm-hmm. all the way to ba- Black Friday, where it becomes like crunch time, and you have to formulate a network, get better at the game, start studying, learning solvers into solver era, where now you have to take in all of this new information and learn the game through a whole different lens. All the way now to graduating to high stakes and beating them, right? Yeah. That path is just unavailable moving forward. Now the path is going to be get really good, get really technically sound early, find backing deals, get into the high stakes arena, win, win more so that you can be backed less, 
and you know eventually go that trajectory right so those paths are always going to be very different and i think that's why we romanticize the ivies and negranus and helmuths because they come from an era even once further removed right where they're like not only pre-black friday but they're pre-money maker Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden it's like they traversed a landscape that was like a very very small gambling seedy world into the moneymaker boom became larger than life during the moneymaker boom somehow managed to survive black friday the introduction of solvers the introduction of high rollers where all these younger guys are hungry and doing everything necessary to get more technically sound and everything else so it's like we don't have a great measurement of who the quote-unquote greatest is but we can have a short list and I think everybody that we named in some regard is on it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's really tough to kind of like, it, it'll be tougher moving forward, in my opinion. I mean, it's almost impossible just to say who's the best. It'll always be impossible. It'll, you'll never have a, a big enough sample size, <coughs> I don't think. Probably not. But like, and you'll I, have- I think the point of like how technically sound Jason is, as well as a, a handful of others, is the direction that it's moving when it comes to measuring the benchmark of how good someone is at this game. Mm-hmm. And I think the difficulty with that is um, it, it loses sight of how the game is played outside of that arena. Yeah. Right? So in a game where making money is the ultimate objective, do you judge somebody based off of their technical skills to play against other people who are as technically sound as them, a.k.a the best of the best or do you judge people based off of their ability to have astronomical win rates that are completely inconceivable at equilibrium you're yeah. talking about like the bilzerians of the world maybe like, that's a bit extreme because like you know that's just the the world he lives in are just a bunch of people who don't know literally anything about poker we're talking about in a competitive format like tournaments people that grind well i'm basically i'm largely talking about the difference between tournaments and cash okay right so it's like i don't even i don't even know jason's world uh and the irony is like he would transition into cash just fine because he is so technically sound um but the the thing is is that he may have to play more hours of the same soft games in order to have the astronomical win rate just due to the fact that uh quote unquote technically sound poker won't won't win as much money if you're exploiting in in the short term right because like the exploits are just so available and people are just doing so much there that's face up to give you money for free if you accept it and that's not to say jason wouldn't adjust of course he would Uh, but the point that i'm trying to make is i don't even know that world like it's so technically precise like the precision necessary to get good at high stake high rollers where you have to learn stack depths of literally two big blinds up to a (laughs) hundred and know how to navigate them all over multiple streets and how polarization works at these different sprs and, and things of that nature i know the exact opposite of that spectrum where i understand at least loosely anyway how polarization works at triple digit sprs yeah just giga deep yeah like infinitely deep and where the mistakes are coming from and how much win rate and that that's that's what i'm ultimately speaking to i think is that the reason these astronomical win rates exist is because people are sitting hundreds or thousands of big blinds deep and they're making errors that are worth hundreds of big blinds in that particular node like 
if Ivy made an error with that three deuce, it's probably losing like one one hundredth of a big blind, <laughs> right? Which is minuscule. But in a game where edges are that thin and you know the razor thin, that might be the difference between breaking even and winning. You know, um, so I think that that's like the biggest issue with us kind of creating a Mount Rushmore of professional poker players is that in the in the tournament scene it's pushing so hard towards precision and uh that's the way the online world's been for for ages i think it would certainly be easier to measure in the tournament world as far as um like saying roi obviously we don't have that kind of information we don't know like for instance you look at justin bonomo and he's won like 60 million dollars mm -hmm. there is a world where someone who's won 60 million dollars playing tournament poker is actually stuck 20. so unless we know yeah i mean Kerry katz are. is in the top 15 maybe top 10 i think and if i had to guess i would bet he's around break even yeah right um, so it is something that's measurable it's just we don't have access to that well everything's measurable well we would actually need to know how many buy-ins these people have had how much they've played online when it comes to tournament poker I'm you're saying they individually know their own roi correct right but the sample's still so incredibly low right and the outliers are such a huge factor even even with a guy like bonomo or brin uh Bryn may be the best example like his ROI is almost certain to be positive yeah but if you look at his technical skills compared to somebody like Jason it's night and day right Jason would just eat Bryn for lunch um so when you have an outlier score of 25 million because you won the million dollar one drop and that accounts for 45 percent yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of your overall winnings yeah. you could never not have a positive roi right or at least unlikely in your lifetime sure. um so yeah it's 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 one of those things that yeah it's the great thing about sports right whether or games in general i guess uh chess it's very easy to just declare who the best is yeah it's so measurable mm -hmm. like it, it's just out there all the data points are there right we can look at every game Magnus Carlsen's ever played, run it through a sim, mm -hmm. and know like how far away from equilibrium he operates. You can argue for days and days on who's the best quarterback of all time, who's yeah. the best baseball player of all time. Yeah. True. Right. Yeah, I mean, era by era, yeah. position by position. Mm -hmm. I do think the era by era is something that is always important to add as a layer to these conversations. If not, it just turns into a fucking screaming match. Well, it's not even that. I mean, <laughs> everything will turn into a screaming match if you're passionate, about, uh, passionate enough about it. But <clears throat> the thing with eras is that it's really critical to recognize how far technology advances things. Yeah. You know, like... Baseball bats weren't the same Big Ruth wouldn't make ago. a fucking yeah. team now. Right. right? Yeah. Like, there's just no shot. This right. guy's a slob. <laughs> you know? But he was just raw natural ability mm -hmm. amongst a bunch of other people that were operating off natural ability that was less than right and you know quite frankly if we look back to that era everybody's natural ability was a fraction of what people's natural abilities mm -hmm. are now because the ability to to grow and cultivate that talent yeah is so much more magnified now mm -hmm. and the talent was watered down it was before the color barrier was broken right like, you know it's just like like there was so many other great ball players that weren't even allowed in the yeah, league. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, that's right? the big thing. Uh, I had my Grays hoodie on yesterday. Yeah. But uh, shout out to the Homestead Grays. I right. don't think people know that, that that was a Pittsburgh team. Nobody knows no. what the fuck you were wearing yesterday. Uh, I knew Homestead was, Grays. Yeah. It was a Negro League team that had potential. What did you just say? You heard what I said. <laughs> <laughs> they had 
quite the, the, the potentially the greatest baseball player of all time. Jackie Robinson? No. Jackie Robinson was important because he broke the color barrier, not because he was the most talented. Uh, he was up he there. He was though. good. He was, <laughs> he was good. One of the talking about errors. Pales. <laughs> Pales in comparison to Josh Gibson. Josh Gibson was mm-hmm. statistically the greatest power hitter of all time. Yeah. And, you know, arguably playing in a, in a more difficult league uh, than, than what MLB majors. was yeah. at that point in time. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like him, uh, there was a great movie on, it, it was an HBO original, I think. I can't remember the name of it, but it was about Josh Gibson, Samuel, uh, Satchel Paige, and Jackie Robinson. And it kind of like highlighted uh, Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier while mm-hmm. those two kind of got left behind. Eventually, I know Satchel Paige ended up playing for the Indians. I'm not sure if Josh Gibson ever made it to the pros or not. I think he may have, but it was a very short stint. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, we're we're on a tangent. Tangent, we do, of course. I'm over here blocking people that say Ghostros in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Two people have been put on a 300 second timeout. <laughs> they're they're not even in your in your division, man. Yeah, I don't listen, man. These the Yankee motherfuckers ruined us. Like it's the Orioles. Now, now I gotta hear fucking about how the Yankees haven't made the uh, world ch- the championship for whatever the World Series forever because the Strohs cheated us. It's they did cheat you. Like, I, I like, what do you that. mean? I, I, they, they cheated you. I, I can't argue that. Yeah. Um, but you absurd. cheated them and took their best pitcher. What? Cole? Yeah. What? Uh, they gave him away. <laughs> yeah, now he cheats for you guys. Fucking ridiculous, man. <laughs> he didn't cheat for us. Well, I mean, you guys, nobody wanted to play for you guys. Cheat for you guys. Nobody even wants to fucking step on the field. Look, he, Look, got, this is he got the ball in a deciding game in the playoffs, and he shit the bed. You guys have one of the best fucking pl- young players in the MLB, and he's literally faked an inju- injury for, to sit out for the rest of the year so he's not to play for your shit team. I don't think he's wrong. <laughs> I think he, I think, I think he shattered his ankle, guys. Let's be honest. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think he's wrong. Shout he's, out to Neil Cruz. Oh, oh perfect Cruz. game. That's the name of it. Ah, thank you, JJ. I think. Shout I think out that was to JJ. Of it. I think that was the name of it. Love JJ. Um, <laughs> you don't even know who that is. Oh, JJ, Jersey yeah. Joe. Uh, you must be out your fucking mind. Right. <laughs> What's poppin', Jersey Joe? Okay. Why isn't his name Jersey Joe? That would be way better. <laughs> How many guys in Jersey do you think are named Joe? Like mil- millions, like three million people. Yeah, how many in Jersey, Jersey Joes out Joe? there do you think there are? Honestly, Jersey Joe, there's only one. Mm-hmm. Right. Joe from Jersey. There's a, there's a lot of Joes from Jersey, but Jersey Joe, there's right, one yeah. Jersey Joe. I right. think there'd be a lot of Tommies as well. Tommies, definitely. Tommy Frankies. Tommies out working the dock. Polly. A lot of Pollies, a lot of Frankies. A little Polly, yeah. yeah. Working nine to five. He's down on his mm-hmm. luck. So tough. Rough. So tough. Okay. Conrad laughed and he didn't even know the reference. Nah, That's the best part of oh, the entire exchange. I was laughing at Tommy working at the docks. Yeah, bon Jovi, yeah. <laughs> right, you don't get the reference. So, yeah, it's shout funny. out to bon jo- John Bon Jovi. Right. Tommy, we just lost five. Five. On He's down on his luck. It's <laughs> tough. Mm, this is some white people so shit. Let's <laughs> go, Guapo. I said you gotta hold on. Oh my god, to what, what we, we have got, got 
It doesn't make a difference <laughs> if we make it or not. I love the singing. We I want to each, each other. And, and that's, that's a lot for love. Grapple who gives it a shot. It's impossible to start the lyrics of that song <laughs> and, you and not, not have the yeah. chorus break. Uh, uh, so Jason Kuhn. <laughs> <laughs> He's the GOAT. You think he's singing that song right now? He's the GOAT. He I love Kuhn. Congratulations to him on number eight. Huge shout out uh, for, for all those guys out in Triton battling. I think the guy's going to win dozens. Uh, that's going to do it for us. I got to get over to the Blagio and... Do the exact opposite hit of Jason. Mm -hmm. I gotta gamble my fucking dick right. off. You're out, you're out there living on a prayer. <laughs> Every hand, man. Every <laughs> hand. We also have an academy. Every hand. We do have an academy coming up. Seats are going fast. If you guys are interested in that, head to academy.solveforwide.io. It is a three-day, we'll call it a fantasy camp. You come to Vegas. We teach you the game from the ground up. A lot of uh, simple game theory heuristics to help you build a strategy that can go win in your environment. During the afternoons, you'll play, try to execute on that strategy. We'll commentate in the back, let you know what you're doing well, what you're doing poorly, and you'll have that to study with forever and ever. Is there a dirty diaper segment? There's no dirty diaper segment. There might be. Rigby is, Rigby is going to stay home for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please just get like a 30-minute fucking a rig, call a in a Rigby call in? No. <laughs> Baby dicks don't See, what you got to do is cuss. <laughs> No, no, no. Love Rick. That's going to do it for us. All right. So we'll be back again tomorrow, uh, probably same time as it looks like the Blasio game is going strong this week. Uh, so look for us at 10 and let's call it 10 15 in yeah. the morning. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Maybe, maybe Bon Jovi's greatest hits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of it. feeling it. Mm -hmm. Shout out to everybody in the chat. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, leave a comment below. Let us know what your favorite Bon Jovi song is, and maybe we will uh, end the show with it tomorrow. Thank no. you guys, as <laughs> always, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Later, squad. Watch Big Brother.